like a mug. All right, you ready? I am so ready. All right, cool. I'm super excited to talk about this one. I know. Are so you welcome all back like to Sigma Yeah, I am. I am very what? frisky. What? Is it the books or the weather? Oh, well, I'm running because of the weather. It's cold as hell and I'm a hunter, so I'm definitely running. My neck swelled up. My wife runs from me now. It's pretty awesome. Your wife, wait, <laughs> your wife runs from you yeah. because of your frisk? Because when you're in the rut, bucks chase does. <laughs> That's what that means. Did you say you're in a rut? <laughs> I'm Josh Sigmund, and I'm a mortgage lender. I'm also a geek for money, not just earning it and saving it, but literally everything about it. I love that money has rules. It has its truths. I love investment strategies, and I love making money work for us. For so many, money is emotional. For me, it's logical, like a puzzle. My passion is also helping others with their money. I love looking at people's finances, dissecting their puzzle, and rebuilding with strategy and purpose, and I'm really good at it. I'm making this podcast about my money strategies, not the things that are written in books or sold in programs. It's a podcast outlining the lessons I've learned and used for the past 15 years. These strategies help me and those who use them save more, give more, create wealth, and retire early. Let me teach you how to build your net worth. You ready? Welcome to Sigmund Sense. All right. Rhett, welcome back to Sigmund Sense. Welcome. Shenanigans once again. Sigmund Sense. I'm actually really excited about talking about this. We had a, I've, I've had, over the years, I've had many, 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 many people ask me, like, what's my favorite book? And yeah. There's no favorite book. You're such I've a, got big a favorite reader. book. You're of such the a year. good reader, too. I'm curious. I think that's going to be part of what we're going to talk about today. But um, let me tell you why. Because I've actually had a cool story about this. So okay. my dad had a really bad, bad, bad speech impediment growing up. Have I ever told you the story? No. So my dad had a very bad speech impediment uh, and he, he didn't have the means to get it corrected. And so he struggled with it all the way through middle school and into high school. And he had no friends and um, his except for his one cousin who was killed by a drunk driver. And it, <laughs> um, But literally, he had a couple of teachers that kind of understood him. He got in lots of fights. He was on the wrong, wrong side of the track where he grew up. And, um, anyways, what he would do is he'd go read, you know, he, he didn't want to go out and get in more fights. So he'd go upstairs and read. There you go. And, uh, my, my father, my, sorry, my grandfather was of, of, you know, poor means. And so they didn't go on vacations or anything. It's actually why I travel a lot too, by the way. So my I dad would I read. I know that. I think yeah. I so that. my dad would, uh, read all these books and the guy to this day, I mean, he just power drives through books of all kinds. And what the way he would describe it, he'd say, you know, I would uh, visit all these wonderful places in my mind, uh, but we never got to see anything. And he told me, I think he went on one family vacation before he graduated from high school. And uh, the one place was like Lake Erie or something like that. Mm -hmm. So just not uh, a ideal destination, I guess. Um, but anyways, so he graduates from high school. And one thing he promised himself, he, he'd never live in the same place more than three years for the rest of his life. So he, he got through college quickly, got through medical school. He, uh, and to this day, and he's in his mid seventies now, every three years he keeps on moving. So I got to live in about 10 States and three countries growing up. And, uh, I think that's why I like it. But I remember that I think I was fighting him over homework one night and he wasn't the homework guy. My mom was a homework uh, lady. Uh, he was always at, at work as a physician, but, um, I remember I was, I got into a fight with my dad over homework and, 
basically he said, look, Josh, you need to learn how to read. You need to love to read. And I said, dude, I know how to read. He said, here's the the reality. Uh, You can learn a lifetime of experience on your own or you can experience a thousand lifetimes over your lifetime by reading about others. Yeah. And he said, which one do you think you can go further with? And so for whatever reason, as a young man, that resonated with me. And so I've always thought, you know, as a business owner, as a salesperson, as a, as a dad, like there's plenty of landmines that I find my way onto all the time. You know, like shouldn't have said that to my wife. <laughs> Oops. Wow. I don't think I disciplined my son that well this, this time around. Uh, well, that that's was, a good way to get, get fired by a client. Yeah, right. You know, so there's lots of landmines you get to learn from. So I find that reading from scholared people and learning from their experiences is a great way to like step on fewer landmines in your life. There you go. And so that's really why I got hooked on it. Um, when I got so, when real, did you really start reading? Uh, you know, it's funny. I think that I read for more pleasure early on. Like mm-hmm. I would. Um, we and would what try. does that look like? Because I know. Are you still? You're gonna laugh at me. Science fiction. That's what that looked like. Yes. When you were younger, it was when science I was fiction. Young, when I was younger, it was probably science fiction. Some autobiographies. Lots of world like war history. That and that's still um, the case, right. Your yeah, I like it. I, I love history. Is. Yeah, I like war. war uh, I like history. Yeah. Um, I feel like I was meant to be in the military. I just didn't. Mm-hmm. And so I, I hate that. But I do appreciate... But you wanted to go though, right? Yeah. Yeah. It turns out that uh, asthmatics that can't run very far don't do it. And it just... It is what it is. Did you know that diabetics cannot be in the military as well? Yeah. It's a, it it, mm-hmm. it creates a problem if they're going to shock. Well, yeah, yeah, totally. Um, and they also... Uh, diabetics, not... They didn't used to be able to be pilots. But that changed That's last year, I think. Yeah. That's very mm-hmm. interesting. Pretty actually. cool because of the technology and stuff, which is interesting. Anyway. Um, but yeah, so uh, the whole purpose of the day is basically some, you know, we want to talk about, originally I think the request was 10 most impactful books. And then I was in my office and I realized I've got about 400 books in my office. And so I got to like number 12 before I even yeah. thought about, hey, this is the top 10. And so you can see a stack of some of my favorite books. Uh, and this is not all of them. In fact, I give away a lot of books uh, to business partners and friends and clients that really impact me. And actually my number one favorite book of all time is not even here because uh, I literally I th- cannot believe yeah, that there's not a copy 50 of, of them it. and at least 50 of them and give them it all out. We'll talk about that a little later, but do you have it on audible maybe? Uh, <laughs> no, cause I, I had like 50 of them, like literally 50 copies, <laughs> but apparently I, I gave, have... gave them all away. So the reason I bring this up is, um, one thing I, they're, they're stacked in a specific order. Uh, or groupings, because as I went through it and I was trying to figure out like, you know, when you think about impact, uh, where does it all start? And so, um, you know, this might resonate to you in some areas and not in others. Like, for example, there's some business books for running a business that I think are super important. There's some leadership books, uh, which you might not uh, lead many people, but I do think are important because you start with leading yourself to lead others, right? And, and if, if you, you have, have fam- children, I was yeah. Say, and if you have, yep. yeah, if you have a family, it's really important to consider yourself yep. a leader. Yep. And people don't don't view it that way for some reason. Um, but then you get into you know I'm a, uh, in sales, and so I've got some sales books that I think were super important. Uh, but what I noticed the most is that of the 400 books in my office, probably a good third of them were all about mindset, mm. and. Um, Different ways to approach it's life. It's a tricky Different... little. It's a tricky little thing that mindset. Yeah, and it's really <laughs> funny that uh, you know we spoke about in our first few episodes, like the very beginning of this, mm-hmm. how important mindset really is. Uh, you know, if you think you're going to be poor your whole life, you will be for sure. If you think you've got a chance of making some money, you will. If you think that uh, you are 
bad at investment investing, you're probably not going to take the proper steps to fix it. If you, you know, have a curious mind, you're probably going to get, you know, better results. So it's just incredible to me how powerful yep. the mind is. I mean, you can manifest things hmm. to like, happen. Like book number one, Think and Grow Think Rich. Think and Grow Rich. <laughs> so this is a, one of the most important so books of This all is time. kind of an interesting story. Okay. So this was probably 12 years ago mm-hmm. and I went to the doctor, had my annual exam and she found a small lump in my breast. And so she immediately sent me over to, you know, go get a mammogram and get it, go go to imaging and all of that stuff. And everything was fine. Obviously. Um, I did end up having it removed because I just didn't like the idea of having it there. Um, but here's, what's interesting. It had probably been there for a year or at least 11 months since the last time I saw her, Mm -hmm. never noticed it. The day I found out about it, all of a sudden it's painful. Right. Like I am in, I am actually in pain. And she's like, there is literally no way that you are in pain. (laughs) So that is how powerful the mind can be is once you, you know, anything you focus on, guess what? You Mm -hmm. know? So anyways, so it's just always a really good reminder that you know, be careful well, how your thoughts. Yeah. They, are you <laughs> helping control them or are they controlling? Yeah. You know, it's, it's funny that you say that. And there's, there's some other things around neurology and things like that. But like uh, people that lose limbs, feel limbs, right? Um, mm-hmm. There's uh, uh, from a, like a connection of the heart, um, however you want to define that. Married couples of 50 years that one passes, the next one I goes mean, a day later. Um, that's not a broken be, arm. Right? It, yeah. It's, um, and then you've got people that, you know, or talking in a different way at a young age and you know that they're destined for something and damned if they do. Um, and it really comes down to, you know, if you dream it can be done. I, I believe that that's a true statement. By the way, there's a book uh, by Jules Verne called 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. I've never even heard you reference that one yeah. before. Well, it's just, it's, uh, he also wrote about men on the moon. Like, uh, I forget the name of the book. What is it called? 20,000 20, leagues under the sea. Leagues under the sea. Yeah, yeah. So it's a really cool story. This is fiction uh, about a guy named hmm. Captain uh, Nemo. I believe it is Captain Nemo, not Ahab. Yeah, Ahab is the whale. Uh, Nemo, I think it's Captain Nemo. And basically they are on a submarine. And which uh, they get to fight all sorts of like giant squid and stuff like that. And it's a great uh, book turned movie back in the 60s. I think uh, the older Douglas, Kirk Douglas, Mm. uh, was actually in the movie. But why is it interesting to me? It's interesting to me because there were not submarines when he wrote the book. When when Jules Jules Verne wrote the book, there was no such thing as a submarine, right? Uh, He also wrote a book about men on the moon, like 100 years before there were men on the moon. So, um, you know, it's funny. It's like one thing I always pay attention to now because of things like that is, um, you know, if if it can be dreamt up, it can be done. And so Mm -hmm. I remember in like 2000 to 2005, there were about a dozen movies about asteroids hitting Earth and (laughs) us colonizing (laughs) other planets. And... You know, my science fiction background, I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. But then you start to think about, well, if you can manifest it, like that crap could be real. That like, can be real. You look up in the sky every once in a while and and uh, is there an asteroid on the way? And are we going to like have a Bruce Willis type go <laughs> right. land on it and blow it up with nuclear weapons? Like, why could that happen, right? <laughs> right. Um, but it also, uh, you know, works for evil, but it also works for good too, mm-hmm. right? Like, totally. Um, there's a whole lot of water in this earth that just happens to have salt in it. 
right? It's like we will not run out of water if we can figure out a way to desalinate <laughs> to, it in a, in a cost-effective manner and distribute it nation, or worldwide. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guarantee someone's going to figure it out. There's a big old pile of plastic floating in the Pacific Ocean mm-hmm. that's like as big as a state. And, Craziness. And some kid like in his 20s designed something that could start to capture it and we can, really? yeah, like That's people cool. dream up cool stuff. In fact, most recently there was a COVID, there was like a $25,000 award for anyone that could, uh, like for children, um, high school kids mm-hmm. to dream up ways that they, they potentially solve the COVID crisis. Really? Some girl in, I think it was Dallas, Fort Worth area, like it was 14 year old girl. Leave it to Texas. Came up an idea with an idea that they think would actually be a, a potential way oh to my fix gosh. it. Yeah, like she got a $25,000 check. It's like, huh, put Kids it out there. Kids' minds to me are such beautiful yeah. things. Like yeah. it's, it, I just love the purity that their mm-hmm. their minds operate from and they don't have, there's no negativity. Like they don't, they don't say. And there's say, no limits. Yeah, and they don't say, they would never say anything or do anything to be mean because mm-hmm. they haven't, been taught or understand that piece of it yet, you know, like you'll hear, you know, kids say, you know, to their moms, oh, you're so fluffy or you're so soft, you know, Mm. according to (laughs) making them feel like, oh my God, so they're telling me I'm fat. They would never say that to be hurtful. It's probably something that they really love about you. Like when I cuddle with you, you're soft. (laughs) That's really funny, actually. Um, Kids' minds are incredible. I cannot say that to my wife. That's things you cannot say. (laughs) <laughs> yes. Past uh, 13. Yeah, you're screwed. Can't say that, Can't say that anymore. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, I only kind of worked work through a few of the books. Um, and there's yeah. some money making tips. There's money saving tips. Um, there's some mindset books that are in here. Um, there's a few that we didn't get into just because it's a we could talk about this for days. You days. Know, there's yeah. not time management in here, but time management, I think, is super important mm-hmm. in all sorts of areas. And some of those um, would be like the five minute manager, yeah, absolutely. Um, the five, the no BS guide to time management is a great the one. Four hour work week, four hour work week for sure. Those types are, are great yep. time management. There's plenty books of those for, sure. for yep. sure. Which actually, four hour work week to me is as much of a mindset book as anything else. Like, I totally people agree. think that you can't work four hours a week, and we got a couple dudes that do it for sure. Right. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'll, I'll let you go first. You know, I know that you oh, brought gosh. Like, a fun book to talk about. Um, I don't really know where this one falls as far as, um, you know, organization, time management and money saving. Yeah, this is definitely a money saving tip for sure. It's also also a quality of life um, type. Yeah. So it's called um, it's called Lessons from Madame Chic. 20 stylist secrets I learned while living in Paris. So I got this book from um, my first boss, Denise Brown, and I absolutely loved it. So. It's about a a foreign exchange student, American Mm -hmm. foreign exchange student that goes and lives with a family in Paris. And um, there's just some very big differences in the way that they live their life versus the way that Americans live. And so this is all the things that that she learned and and explains. One of them being um, a lot of times um, their households or their closets aren't like ours, which, you know, you can totally have like a makeup vanity and like have your closet as another bedroom. They um, are limited on space a lot of times. And so they have armoires, which don't hold near as many clothing items. Mm -hmm. And um, so they 
they live and adopt the capsule wardrobe mm-hmm. um, thought process or whatever you want to call it. And I know there's a lot of information and a lot of theories and lessons on this, but um, the capsule wardrobe basically says it's about 10 items in your wardrobe um, to be switched out as seasons change. Mm-hmm. And so one great pair of jeans, one great pair of slacks, mm-hmm. um, one button down, nice fitted button down, high quality white shirt, um, a cashmere sweater, some staples like that, one pair of great boots, one great and pair And they all of match heels. each other, right? Like they can, all match. You can mix so and match everything. Yeah, so they're, you're not looking at a lot of patterns yeah. and very unique pieces. It's solid colors, mm-hmm. timeless pieces, high quality. Mm-hmm. You only need 10 of them. And they in this book, she suggests that that is truly all you need. Well, past the saving money thing, uh, I do, you know, obviously to saving time, I, I can't stand it when some people I know change and change and change again before we go out. Um, You know, it's just one of those things like- And here's the thing. Right. We hate it as much as the people around us hate it. Right. (laughs) There is nothing worse than having to change multiple times because you can't find something that you feel good in. Yep. It sucks. So then burn it. Like get rid of it. (laughs) But it could just be a today thing. It could just be a today thing. Okay. We're going to hold on to that theory. (laughs) So, yeah, I, uh, but but there's past the time management. What I will say is that um, there's a lot of conversation these days about the uh, we have a finite number of decisions we can make in a day. I literally wrote down game changers yeah. as um, a top as, book as a great book. Yeah. yeah, and you're right. It is. There's only so many only uh, so many decisions that we can make every day. It's why and- surgeons do surgeries in the morning. Absolutely. And if you start making too many decisions or you pass that threshold, you are severely ineffective Mm -hmm. and it goes down exponentially. So, you know, you'll hear of some of the, you know, most successful people in the world, the Mark Zuckerbergs and the Bill Gates and the Mm -hmm. lady that owns Spanx. They have uniforms, uniforms that they wear every day. So for a, a woman, the lady that owns Spanx, she's very impressive lady. Um, she's like, I love this particular style of white shirt, um, or this brand. So I have that, this brand in five different styles. This is my favorite pair of, um, slacks for work. I have five different pair of them. And so literally she walks into her closet, knows exactly what she's going to wear and you're out the door. No decision-making incredibly effective with your time management. Um, And the same can be said for, for guys, you know, Steve jobs is a great example. He always had his jeans and his, um, the turtleneck, um, the black turtleneck, yep. it's the short one. I can't remember what they're called, but um, yeah, because you don't want to spend your valuable, <laughs> valuable space up here right. trying to figure out what you're going to wear, especially first thing in the morning. Like what a blah, way to spend your time. Yeah. And so um, there's all sorts of stuff about this, uh, this kind of concept, but it's a good book. In general, the, the bottom line is, is that um, if you tolerate being disorganized, it doesn't get better. <laughs> like you have to fix it. If you want to save time in the morning, if you want to spend less money, if you want to have less frustrations mm-hmm. or fewer frustrations. Yeah. You know, it's and we, we talked about this in another episode too. Um, it was our money saving hacks mm-hmm. episode is the idea of shopping with a personal shopper and as bougie and hoity toity. And like, you know, as that sounds, there are some real cost saving 
things that happen with a personal shopper as well as time management. Yep. And they will not let you buy the fifth long sleeve black shirt that you have. You know, right. they'll say you've already bought four. Let's get something that you don't have. Um, so I love that. And then um, I totally agree about your spaces. The spaces yep. around you are so important. Yep. Um, you're, you know, the car needs to be clean. It's what you get into the first thing every day to drive mm -hmm. to your work, yep. you know, what you're doing to earn a living. And so having a great space, nice, clean, organized, sparkly, just, yep. it's just desk space next desk. to your bed space place to lounge whenever you're lounging and you see crap all over the place like mm -hmm. you're and not you're not relaxing you're looking at the stuff you need to do exactly it, right. whether you know it or not that's the yep. thing that you know some people don't think that organization is important to them mm -hmm. and it's a, it's all subconscious stuff yep. um and the other piece is anywhere you enter your house from those spaces yep. need to be nice organized neat smell good just make you feel good yep so, so let's get into yeah. the couple mindset ones that i think really are really good to, to get to so if you want to start you start with your morning <laughs> so there's a book uh yes. my i was put on this book by a friend of mine named tom white he referred me to the book the miracle morning by hal elrod um and i know those that are listening to audio only can't see it but for those that are on youtube yeah <laughs> Miracle Morning by Hal Elrod. And yeah. and basically what it comes down to is uh, I have a deep belief and most successful people do that uh, the way you start your day is a momentum builder, right? Uh, and so the Miracle Morning has a suggestion and basically a creation of a checklist of things you can do in the morning like meditation, drinking cold water, doing gratitude journaling, working out, um, things like that. Uh, but whether I would recommend you you read the book uh, and come up with what you think is a great way to start your day as well, because yes. it's about getting yourself into the right space. So when you get down to it, um, I don't know a whole lot of people that start off loving early mornings, right? Like, right. like uh, there's this thought that, oh, you're a morning person. Oh, you're an afternoon person. No, I definitely, if you take me back to my 20s, I for sure could sleep till noon. Just like the best easy, of them, right? Easy. Uh, but what I started to notice over time was that the most successful people mm -hmm. got more done by noon than yeah. most people got done in their day. That's true. And so, uh, you know, you rewind the clock and you move the clock back a little bit further and you move the clock back a little further, you get a little er up a little earlier. And mm -hmm. the, wh why this book is really important to me is, especially as a family man now that has a couple different jobs, it's got being pulled in a hundred different directions. What I find is, is when the sun's not up, before, I shouldn't say staying up late at night. So in the morning, say, so I'll do that too. Um, that's the only personal time I get anymore. Yeah. Like the truly it's personal time for me, about me, about my mental health, about uh, getting centered and ready for the day occurs in the morning. Mm -hmm. And so uh, what that looks like for me, primarily that comes out of this book with a couple of different things is, you know, I, I get up basically the same time every single day. What time do you um, wake up? Depends on my personal trainer, but for the most part, it's right at six o'clock. Yeah. Um, when my personal trainer wants to go earlier, it's five o'clock. It just, yeah. uh, I'll get up as early as he wants to do. But I need to have at least 15 minutes of gratitude time. Mm -hmm. So there's lots of books that are called gratitude journals that you can buy. Yeah. Um, but 15 minutes of just writing out things like, um, uh, like mine is really simple. It's uh, what are three things you're grateful for? What would make today a great day? And at the end of the day, what, what did you learn today or what made today great, right? Mm -hmm. So keeping that mindset frame of, I'm lucky I get to do this. 
I don't right. have to do this, right? There's a big so difference. So when you wake up in the morning and uh-huh. you're doing, what did you learn today? Are you reflecting on yesterday? Uh-huh. Absolutely. Okay. Just kind of fill in the blanks. And yeah. um, And then, you know, for those of you that are religious, um, a really easy one that I do a lot, and, and I've been, Tad Chapman put me onto it years ago, and then Roy Mason did as well, is just read a proverb of the day if you're- That is my, uh, one of my goals for- uh, 2021 oh, good. is to read a proverb. So, you know, I don't want to get this to be an ultra religious sure. conversation, but, uh, you know, whether, whatever your spiritual path is, I think that you should work on it. In theory, it's only the biggest thing yep. in your life, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't care what religion you are. I know what mine is. And I think that investing time in that to improve in that is super important. So it takes literally less than five minutes to read the proverb of the day. It turns mm-hmm. out there's 31 of them. If you could read the first on the first day of the month, the sixth on the sixth day of the month, the twelfth on the twelfth day of the month, and I get that little daily dose of what I need for my faith. Um, working out is mandatory. Uh, drinking water. People don't think about that. You are dehydrated as crap mm-hmm. when you wake up in the morning. This has to do with your organs, your mind, and your skin. And so, you know, drinking a liter or two in the morning is pretty much a daily routine. Uh, I usually have about. Um, almost 200 ounces a day of water, which is a lot of water, but I'm by way about 220. So it's yeah. a ton of water. So I get started early, get that done another way. Um, I'm doing about 90, about 90 to hundred is typically about where I'm sitting with water. It's not bad. I've, I've heard different variations of you should read seven, drink 75 to hundred percent in ounces of your body weight. Yeah. Right. So it, that's pretty much normal. And what I would say is most people think that drinking tea or coffee is drinking water because it has water in it. No, that's not uh, how it works. Those don't count. But you know what does count? What does? LaCroix. Okay. My, really? Uh-huh. St- uh, Stephanie, because I asked her, I'm like, okay, I like really love LaCroix. Um, does that count for my water? She's like, yeah, it just has bubbles in it. That's all. There's like literally nothing in there. So you're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) So I'll start with, I'll I'll kind of finish up my thought process around the miracle morning. But I really do think when it goes to success principles and impactful books in general, you got to start with like minute one. Yeah. Like start off, put yourself in the right foot um, and and go forward. So do you have anything else to add to to that one? Um, You did touch on this in the the very beginning, but I want to reiterate that finding your morning routine is is crucial and okay. So I think a lot of times we get this, this goes back to, to goal setting too. We get or feel pressure to put the goals that we're supposed to put, right? Like I, you know, I know that I'm supposed to work out, whatever, all that type of stuff, right? Finding the, the things that make you feel good, Mm -hmm. um, in the morning, even if it's, not traditional or yep. what you hear other people say is really important. You know, it's, it's funny you say that. The book Game Changers actually talks about the concept that, which is another great book that's not even on the table. Mm-hmm. Let's give that I know, I wrote, it, I wrote it down. Yeah, yeah. so uh, they talk about the ideas of lions and, and wolves. Yeah. And people don't think about this, but it makes a whole lot of sense. So some people get their best work done first thing in the morning. Their lions are like up with the sun. And yeah. they and what do lions do by about noon in the in, the, in the African, yeah in, in Africa it's freaking hot around noontime so what? they sleep under a tree. Yes. Well, that might be you. You might get your best work done at five in the morning, which means that like don't get up at ten, right? <laughs> and you so, missed it, right? You literally missed it. And on the flip side, there's some people that are wolves that will that they like. I'm ready to go to bed. I'm like cashed out at six o'clock as far as yeah. business goes. 
And some people are night owls and they start to really think creatively, creatively around is. 10 o'clock at night. That's so, um, and you, you, that you know this because in business, those are the people that you have like four emails from them that are like 10 o'clock at night, two in the morning. And, or text messages. And I'm just sending you this so I don't forget yeah, tomorrow. <laughs> right. And, the, and then you're texting them at the morning meeting at eight o'clock. Where are you? It's Where like, are you? I was working till two. Was, <laughs> my brain's tired. Right. I created all night. So, but that goes back to figuring out what your rhythm, the yeah. circadian rhythm is and, and we're yep. doing what's best for you to get optimal performance right so for move sure on yep. away from that that's good um from that i would probably jump over to um i think the single number one biggest determinant of success is the book or is grit g-r-i-t by angela duckworth okay i think that the single biggest determinant determinant of successful people is what we call grit um, by Angela Duckworth. Duckworth. Yeah, I've read this a couple of times now over the couple of over a couple of years. But uh, do you disagree with that statement? I'm curious. Um, say it again because I. I mean, the I heard you. The single biggest determinant of a person's success is their grittiness. Is their grittiness? Um, yeah, I think I would agree with that. Um, I would love to hear. I would love to talk through what the difference is between drive and grit. Yeah, I'd love to talk about that. Drive is temporary. Motivation is temporary. Got so it. Um, it comes and goes. So let's give an example. So um, there's this concept that I believe in that's called uh, be, driv, uh, driven, drifting, or directed, mm-hmm. right? So a lot of people get really far with drive, right? You can think of in sports, yeah. you can think in uh, in sales, you can think in career path. They're really driven to get the title, get the money, get the trophy, right? Yeah. Um, the problem you is, think you're is just that, born with drive? Well, you think that, uh, or do you think I think it, that people are screwed up. I think most drive comes from a little chip on the shoulder, honestly. Right? Like yeah. I'll, I'll honestly say that my sales success early on was strictly because I did not like being poor. Yeah. Period. I had a chip on my shoulder. I'm going to bust my ass to, yeah. to not have to not Which also can, do you, I feel like maybe that can fall on the other side of the coin too into the victim mindset. So if you do have this chip on your shoulder for some reason. Oh, you're going to be pushed one way or the other for sure. Either you're going, right. Either you're going to be driven to overcome that and be like, yeah, what up? You know, I'll show you, I'll show you, or I am such a victim. I can't believe this is happening to me. There's no way I can, you know, do it. Unfortunately, we're seeing more and more of that. And I don't generalize entire groups of people. Uh, unfortunately, uh, we don't have a whole, whole, whole lot of farmers like we did a hundred years ago that just got up and got it done and didn't, you know, complain like we have people complaining about their situation today. Mm -hmm. I could have a conversation about our political situation right now. It's like, we're finding crap to bitch about in America when there's not much to bitch about. Take a look around the rest of the world. Like I love the fact that I got to travel outside the country a little bit. Uh, I had this conversation, I'm digressing, but this is important stuff for everyone to understand. <laughs> so my dad and I had this conversation about the, uh, and this is a recent one, less than 30 days ago, just by happenstance, about how valuable he felt it was that I got to learn overseas, mm-hmm. that I lived in England, that I lived yeah. in Australia, that I lived in Jamaica, right? And uh, just to get world views, just to talk to new and unique people and just get perspective, keep- right? Mm-hmm. And... Um, and I do believe that because, you know, if you're a waiter or waitress and you're in the weeds, all you see is this far mm-hmm. and your problem is your problem. Like this is all that matters, yep. right? But in the big scheme of things, when you stick your head up and look around, like if this guy's food came out a little bit cold, it's not going to be the end of your life. No. Even <laughs> if they're really upset. Yeah, like we can say we're sorry, we can go get some more food, we'll, fi- we'll figure it right. out, right? 
Um, now, if the restaurant's about to go out of business, that's a bigger, bigger deal. Totally. Because they are always serving cold food, right? <laughs> but that's not really the big deal. What if, you know, take it the next step about paying tax or not paying taxes to pay for this great country. And then you take it a step further and it's like, well, are we using this for good or evil in the world? Mm-hmm. But the point is, is that my dad feels so, uh, so much, so fervent that this is a big thing that he just changed his will um, to, I'm not going to say everything, but a big piece of his personal wealth will go only to the use of my three kids traveling overseas. Well, that is super cool. Without me. Or I, my family doesn't get it, or he, they they don't get it. Like say, okay, this you money said with is, or without you? No, no, without me. Without you. So they, you here's can't a pile go. of money. Encourage your kids to travel the world. If they don't, I mean, you don't get the money. I'm I mean, like, I feel like I'm probably in the bloodline fr- somewhere, somewhere, right? Right. right? I mean, it's pretty cool. You can write me into that well. But this whole driven, drifting director. I want to get back to it. Is drive is usually a chip in the shoulder, or people who fall back and, mm-hmm. and blame and don't do anything, which just gets back into mindset. We'll talk about more of that here in a second. Uh, energy bus is a great, I love great one of those, bus. right? Um, but the the whole concept is is that drive will take you so far. The problem is you're typically pursuing an event or a number or a title milestone. or an income, a milestone, yeah. and it's never as satisfying as you think it is when you get there, right? So what happens is, or maybe it's just so hard that you're chasing it way longer than you thought, and then you fall off, the drive goes mm-hmm. away. Or maybe uh, um, you have a setback, and you fall off and the drive goes away. Or so, you like start doing it and you're like, I don't really know if I wanted that ball yeah, that bad. Yeah, I, I made changes. this goal yes. because my daddy told me it'd be a good goal, yes, right? Yes, or I didn't um, put enough time or thought right. into it. So I just did it and, and now I feel ch- like I have to and right. I don't really want to. Yeah. So once you leave drive, you go to this space of drifting. And what drifting is, as you know, is womp, it, it womp, sucks womp. ass is what it is. It's this feeling of uh, just bogged down, unhappy, can't see my way out, uh, nothing is satisfying, job satisfaction, life satisfaction goes down. You don't know what you're doing. Your relationships are impacted. It's just a ugly feeling and I've had it before. I know a lot of people, I I bet you most everyone has had this feeling before, right? And then once you're in this drifting phase, you're hoping to get the drive back, Mm -hmm. which didn't work the first time. And so what it usually requires, in my opinion, is being directed, Mm-hmm. which is have a coach, get an authority, submit Jesus, to- Jesus, take the wheel. Right. Submit <laughs> to God, drive. submit to a boss, submit <laughs> to a mentor, submit to somebody and let them just tell you what to do. Oh, by the way, that, that plays to game changers yeah. as well because that removes all the decision-making that oh, you have perfect. to do. Yeah, they tell you what to do and you just do it. <laughs> you just do it. Because you're seeking their approval. You're not trying to figure it out on your you own, right? You just opened up all this brain space. It's pretty funny actually that you said that. Um, but yeah, so uh, to me, the answer is, is when you ask what's the difference between grit and drive, drive becomes a temporary state and you're mm. usually falling in and out of it, right? Yeah. Grit, on the other hand, is more about what are you willing to do, right? So uh, um, the greats, is it, is the all the greats. Here? Yeah, the, uh, I think it's page 67. If that Let's is right, I am going Check it out. To- <laughs> I might be right. <laughs> you just went to a whole new level, It's like 67 bro. to 72 range. Is it 67? What page is that? This is 55. That's the beginning of it. Is that the it. test? That's the beginning of it, yeah. Maybe the last page is 67. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, that was very last... impressive, sir. Yeah. Let's see what's on 67, though. Now I have to know. Oh, no. just It's just a page. Sorry. I missed it by two pages. You? Jesus. I knew it was right Come there somewhere. On. Um, so anyways, uh, yeah, the great, there's a test inside the book that asks you basically, ask the first three. Just 
Number one, new ideas and projects sometimes distract me from previous ones. And then the scoring is on a scale of one to five, five being that's not at all like me or one that's very much like me. Cool. Um, so let's two, talk about that for a second. Okay. What that means is I want to do this. Like I'm going to achieve this, but this new shiny star comes up over here. Mm -hmm. So do I stay the path or do I go chase the new shiny star? And what this looks like, by the way, for you youngins out there on your resumes is it looks like a whole bing, lot of bing, jobs bing. in a short period of time. Yeah. That's what that looks like. So that's lack of grittiness for the most part, right? It's like not seeing stuff through. Unless you just didn't, like where, where's the line though? The, uh, it's a where's bold statement, line? I get it. Like if you work for a dick, I mean, it's okay like leave, to... right? If you find a dead end job, I get it, leave. Or but like, what if you're like, haven't right. realized your true passion and you're like, you learn, and, but I guess the problem News comes. Newsflash, you <laughs> will not figure it out in two months. And then at the next job, you give them more than two months to figure it out. Like you it doesn't work really that way. You can be really gritty with exploring right. all the passions. All, all I'm saying is if you read all these, different books about um, any, like uh, autobiographies, Kobe Bryant's, uh, Michael Jordan's, uh, get out of basketball, go to, um, oh, what's the one, my, uh, uh, my ultra marathon buddy, Goggins. Oh, Goggins, yeah. holy crap. You're talking yes. about one of the grittiest people of all, why did I not bring that book? I have no idea. Um, yeah, David Goggins has an amazing book out there and basically like he talks, all he focuses on is Finding the level of pain you can you can handle, <laughs> yes. and then go for five more hours. <laughs> this more guy literally it. ran a ultra marathon hundred miler with like a three day or two day heads up. Yes, and um, his book is called "Can't Hurt Me." Can't hurt me by, by David, David Goggins, Goggins, which would be a great one if you're like, yeah, you know, I I usually run like two miles and I can't seem to get to three. <laughs> Read that book; you'll feel like a chump. <laughs> it's it's really good. Which is another mindset book, by the way. Um, like we all have 15 extra gears according to David Goggins, but that's an example of grit. It's like, I'm not going to like, if my feet keep moving forward, I will eventually get to the finish line. That's what grit is. 100%. Just keep moving. Um, the second question is setbacks. Don't discourage me. I don't give up easily. Cool. Um, that to me is more about, are you looking for the lesson in it or are you using that as an excuse? Right? Mm -hmm. Like for me, Setbacks, I take note of, mm -hmm. but then I try to figure out how do I, that's the landmine example. Right. A setback to me is a landmine. Like, okay, well that shit didn't work. Yeah. Let's try a different approach or do it twice as hard or do it twice as often. Like, let's just figure it out. Yeah. So it's a really great book. It, it is a good book. And I like, as I'm reading these, I can't help but think like the examples are are jumping from as a kid, like examples that I'm pulling from, from right. childhood. And then also examples from my adult life. So it's, it's kind of, yeah. it's a lot going on up here right now. Yep. It's very, inter very interesting. It's a, uh, and yeah. what's the, like how much do people change? Like, right. Is it, you, is it a developable skill right. set? Right. Or do uh, you have, are you born with it and it's yours to lose or that's, Kind of interesting, they, right? They talk a little bit about that in the book. Uh, Angela Duckworth does. It's worth the read. Um, it's amazing to me. I'll just use kids' sports today. Okay. I'll just use that as an example. So I work out at this place called Only the Elite. It's a really cool place that is helping high schoolers make, you know, try to, try to make D1 ball or um, D1 athletes try to make it the next level, right? Um, and they also uh, help out 40 year old 
men that need to lose some weight, right? So what's interesting to me is that like when I think about a high school, certainly myself in high school, okay? So, so my argument, by the way, is going to end up with, yes, you can develop this skill. Um, you, can you be born with it and lose it? I'm sure. Are you born with it? I don't is know. Something born? No. So my point, though, is that uh, in high school, for sure, I was the least motivated individual ever, probably because I had most everything given to me. Right. Yeah, I know. But Gosh, like I got line. up, I got up late. Uh, I would study for tests the morning of, mm -hmm. I would write papers the night of, um, I, I for sure regret not going a hundred percent playing football. Mm -hmm. Like I always was going 90, like I pushed hard, but I did not leave it on the field. Mm -hmm. And so that's not a good example of grit. Mm -hmm. So I, I work out at either five or six in the morning, seventh, the latest, right. Depending on what, what the guy's schedule is. And What's interesting to me is how often the same kid is there before eighth grade. Now, eighth grade, like this kid is there at six in the morning and he's doing box jumps and he's working on his vertical and he's pulling did sleds. Eighth, did you say this is for an what eighth sport? grader? Uh, right, but is it for all football? For, for football. football. Yeah, okay. for football. And he's doing all this stuff and he's a, he is a big kid for his age. Mm -hmm. uh, his parents are, uh, teachers and coaches, like they work at the school, mm -hmm. but the kid is putting in the effort. He's, and yeah. when I talk to the parents, it's like, man, like, how do you get them to do that? They're like, we don't get them to do it. That's what he I, begs us to take us. Uh -huh. Right. And it's just interesting to see that. So I'm, that you know, is interesting because, um, you know, my boys play baseball and you know, you there, you get on a team sometimes and there's just a, a, one kid or a couple of kids that are just uber talented for their age group. Yep. And I always talk to their parents yep. and I always ask yep. like, what is, what is he doing in his free time? Yep. All he does is want to hit the baseball. Yep. Like we had to go buy a baseball net or some version of yep. a batting cage that's right. because that's all he wants to do. So it's interesting. Yeah. What I will tell you is that there's another book that we didn't bring called Outliers. Uh, Outliers oh, yeah. is a great book. I actually book. haven't read that. It's worthwhile read. Uh, uh, one thing that they talk about in that book um, is the kids that are the biggest, strongest, fastest, naturally gifted, the earliest do not go as far as the ones that are smaller, slower, have to work their ass off to keep up with the big kids. Mm -hmm. um, like, And I think they specifically use hockey as an example. Uh, Outliers is the one with the, is it the kid? No, what's the, what's just the story about um, the positive reinforcement of his dad told oh, him the football you will player. be a like you're going to be a professional oh, football player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What is the name of that? Oh, book? it's my story, your story. Hold I on. have it. I'm, no, there's no plan. There's no plan B, B for, for your, your A, a game. game. That's there's right. No, yeah. no plan B for your A game. That's a great book. That's a great book. I read that about this time last year, actually. Um, but yeah, I want to yeah, move on. Uh, but by the way, uh, like listen to what Bryn just said there about. Well, the title says it all. There's no plan B for a game, but this concept of uh, kids growing up with a mental mindset and belief that they're going to be a like NFL player, mm -hmm. an NFL player, and they did it. And the kid was a, was not the fastest on the team. He was not the biggest on the team, and he ended up playing. Uh, and in fact, in this in this book on the, in this true story on a specific high school team in nowhere land. Three of this one team all went D1 and three of that team all went pro 
because of the mindset of the one. Mindset. Which is super interesting to it's see. It's so interesting. I, I don't want to beat this, but I have to say that, so I'm currently the team mom uh -huh. for Walker's baseball team, uh -huh. and which means I get to sit in the dugout with the boys. Mm -hmm. And I always ask them as they're getting up to bat, what's the one... What's the one thing that you want to do when you're up there to bat? What's the one thing? And then I'm going to try to hype them up. You ready to crush it? Are you going to crush it? And it is so interesting. Some of the kids are like, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe I'll hit it. Maybe I won't. I'm like, wrong answer. You are going to hit that ball. Um, I also ask them at the end of every game, like in the last inning, what are you most proud of that you did this game? What are you most proud of that you did this game? Yep. And some of them are quick to come up with something and others are like, I haven't done anything. So that's like a confidence mm -hmm. thing. But I, it's, it is so yep. interesting. They're seven. It's funny that you right? asked that question. So there's only two questions I ask my, my kids after every, or technically three, but two that are more about growth, right? The first mm -hmm. one is, did you have fun? Did you Always. have fun? Yep. Because I've, I've, heard over the years that if you don't focus on the fun then mm -hmm. you're going to burn your kids out i ask but, weston uh, a lot um how did it feel while you were up there because he's pitching right. right now um or at least one inning and i always say how did it feel while you were up there did it feel good did you have fun that's awesome you know and so he's it makes him stop yep. and think for a second and then the second question i always ask is uh, uh what did you do well because yep. it forces you to think of yes. what is something I actually did well. Because oh, so many of us focus on what we didn't. On the the ball you right. missed, the one that got by, the, right. the strikeout. And then the whatever. last question that I always ask is, what's something you could work on? Yeah, I Not love that. Not what did you do bad at? Correct. It's what can you work on? What can you work and on? And then now they're telling me, okay, I did great at this, and uh -huh. I can agree or disagree. Yeah. Or make a mental note to disagree later. And then, but if they say this, I'm going to work on now, we've got like, okay, well, here's the homework. Now we can work on this. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. And I love talking with Weston too about, so, and I, <laughs> this Weston, makes, it might be your favorite. It sounds like, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. He, you know, he's 10, he's starting to stink. You know, he's starting to become like a boy. So I don't know. Walker's pretty much in the running, but uh, KK's real fun too now. Cause there's a lot of like, you know, Weston's in the ugly middle. <laughs> Just kidding. That's funny. Um, one other thing I will say about this too, is I always hear coaches say, mm -hmm. just throw strikes, just hit, hit, hit a home run throw. I'm like, Good, that's great coaching. That, like what? Okay. Yes. Well, he's not going to try to not throw a strike. He's not going right. to try to throw a crappy pitch. But so yeah. I always ask the kids too, what is the one thing you want to do really good at this game? Like Wesson's been working on running on his toes. So I'm like, so that means if you run on your toes every time to first base, you did a good job. You did it. You success, you know? Yeah. So anyways, it's been so much fun in the dugout. It's funny. <laughs> All right. So past the mindset, uh, but, 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 you know what? I'm going to stay on mindset for two or three more just because I think it's so important. So okay. my favorite book of the year of the year is a book by Josh Metcalf called When in the Dark, W-I-N in the Dark by Josh mm -hmm. Metcalf. He wrote two of my other favorite books that are not here because this is his most recent one, but mm -hmm. Pound the Stone and Chop Wood, Carry Water, which we have referenced in previous podcasts just because it's about yeah. enjoying the ride. It's about what are you doing daily or weekly or monthly when you, this equates to this equates to everything, right? Like if you want to work on your marriage and have a better marriage, what are you doing daily to have a better marriage? If you want to work on your on your weight, what are you not eating daily and what are you doing activity-wise to to improve? But when it comes to money, it's the same thing, right? Like money is a game as well. And if you're not participating on a daily basis, like just look at your bank statement, look at your credit card statements, like at least on a monthly basis, look at your, your, your personal family budget and know if you won or lost the day, yeah. right? Uh, that's it's just a cool thought process. But when in the dark has lots of lessons in it. 
Um, I just started it. I'm um, two chapters. Oh, good. Oh, yeah. I signed it to so, you. So like awesome. all six pages. So <laughs> let me tell you what my two or three favorite concepts are from this. So it's a, basically it's a story about a kid that uh, gets dropped off, you know, in high, in high, he's still in high school and he gets kicked off the soccer team and his granddad and his dad dies kind of in the same period of time. So he's kind of like lost, I guess. And his granddad is a like champion, uh, not a tightrope walker, but a slack line walker, right? So you've seen these, you know, bands strapped between two cliffs or between two trees and they've got to walk across it. And so he decides he's going to be the best high line walker ever, right? Uh, and his granddad dad walks him through all these different life lessons, which is such a great book. Easy book, by the way. I'm making my kids read right now, at least my oldest two. Um, it's an easy read, but the whole idea behind it is there's lots of lessons along the way of, to, of how do you handle a setback? Um, what are you doing daily? The title, When in the Dark, is more about everyone remembers Michael Jordan for his game winning mm-hmm. shot at the end of, you know, his fourth uh, ring, you know, that everyone can kind of picture that picture. Mm-hmm. And so like, man, that guy's so naturally talented and they, they jip him on all the stuff that he was doing every day right. for the oh, 25 hard, hard, years hard prior yeah. to get there. Right. So whether you're an Astros fan or not, I love talking about Altuve. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. In fact, if you're an, if you're not an Astros fan, I'm sure you're beating on a trash can right now. Uh, but if you if you know anything about Altuve, Altuve is a, a guy that came from you know a different country with very 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 modest means, and uh, and early on in his in his we'll call it his career when he was a kid, his dad would play baseball with him and he didn't have a glove, right? Oh so Matt, like I don't know about you, but I don't like catching baseballs with a glove if it's thrown hard. So imagine catching baseballs without a glove. And uh, playing barefooted and all this stuff. Yeah. And he's short. And like most of the time, short people don't make it to the yeah. big leagues or to the NFL or to the NBA or whatever. And Altuve is arguably one of the best second basemen of all time, yeah. uh, certainly in the game today. And um, people watched him win, I think it was last year in 2019 when he had the walk-off homer yeah. to get them to the World Series, yeah, right? incredible. And uh, uh, it's a fabulous moment. They're like, oh my God, that guy's got so much raw talent. Is like, son of a bitch, like, sure. when were you playing baseball <laughs> right. with your dad with no glove and barefooted yeah, I didn't wake for up every and... day of your life before you even yes. got out of, out of high school, right? And that's what I love about this concept. And what I try to focus on for myself, and I try to help my people I coach with as well, is when you think about winning in the dark, what is your thing that you're doing in the dark every day? Like, where do you want to go? So if it's money related, like if you want to save a certain amount to be able to retire, cool. Then what is the thing you're going to do every day to get there, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, if it's uh, 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 any goal, family goal, friends goal, money goal, spirituality goal, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and I, I love that because I, I think that a lot of people are turned off by spirituality in general because there's a lot of people that whatever religion they are, mm-hmm. they're like, my way, I'm so, right. I'm so-and-so, right. this is who I am, but they don't do anything in that space religion on a daily basis, right? Like you're not acting out what you claim to be, right? Right. And so when you think about that, uh, it's just like, what is your thing? If you want to improve in any of those areas, what's your thing you're going to do every single day? Um, But my favorite thing of the entire book, which that's why I said, I I think curiosity might be my theme of this day, is um, there's a judo champion, actually the founder of judo is referenced in the book, right? And uh, judo is a 
like uh, you know a martial arts discipline and um apparently this guy was another small guy and he got his ass kicked a lot and he figured out they couldn't take the fight to people and i think judo is the one where you use people's momentum against them so that you, you know, is judo the same as jujitsu yeah okay yeah i well, took that in college right? I don't know if judo that's true, actually. Jiu-jitsu? As soon as I said that, I know judo is an Olympic sport, and it's more about throwing and body weight more than anything else. It's not that's a, a good thing. I have look this handy-dandy little... Actually, I don't know the answer to that, so I'd like to know. Let's find but out. bottom line is, supposedly, I mean, first of all, this guy's the godfather of it, and you know, he uh, basically uh, had gotten up to a level that might as well have been five black belts, and he's on his deathbed, and um, you know, all of his, the, the, from around the world, all of his friends and like followers are around him like, you know, how do we honor you in, this de- in your death? And his answer was super interesting to me. His answer was, bury me in my white belt. And if you don't know anything about, you know, martial arts, white belt is the rookie, right? And they're like, sir, no, you know, you deserve the highest honors. You know, you've got five black belts. We should bury in that. And he said, well, where I'm going, I've never been before. I want to make sure I'm in the right mindset. I love I want to have the mindset of a student, right? And by the way, that's how he became a five-degree black belt is having a mindset daily of a student. And You know, one thing that I, I avoid, you know, one, you know, there's, uh, there's lots of books we could reference later about like who you are, who you hang out with, right? Yeah. Be careful the know-it-alls. They, if they don't have a mindset of a student, you will outgrow them. Yeah, yeah. Eventually over time, they will hold you down. You will outgrow them. But I love the book in general because it's got lots of little stories and lessons like that, that Very are so cool. relevant to stay on test. By the way, Judo, jiu-jitsu, which one? Yeah, okay, so judo is rooted in jiu-jitsu, but the techniques are a bit different. In judo, they actually emphasize a little bit more on the throwing than in jiu-jitsu. It's using momentum. And you can win by a throw in judo, but in jiu-jitsu, which the more you say it, the harder it is to say, you're not allowed to. Interesting. Yeah, so my understanding of, of the guy is that he was small and he couldn't physically take the fight to the guy. You'll love this. So he'd use momentum. Like you've all seen a movie, the guy's yeah. like charging you. Yeah. And you sidestep and use their own momentum against him to throw him. Yeah. While jujitsu was created on the battlefield by warriors, judo was created in peacetime for peaceful purposes. That's interesting. I love it. So yeah, so uh, that's there my favorite it. book of the year just because I think that, let's see dive back into the victim side of the world, right? So um, I constantly have to read to stay in a positive mindset, right? Why do I say that? A um, couple things like turn on the news, which you need to be educated about what's happening in world events. Or find somebody to give you right. your cliff notes of the pieces that are right. like hit the Relevant. highlights. Randy's so good at that for right. me. You're really good at that. But bottom line is there's a whole lot of negative crap happening in the world. Yeah. Uh, at least that's what the media focuses on, right? Uh, and then you add on uh, some of us have employees or are the family breadwinner, right? Um, in which case, sometimes the, the weight of the world is on you. You know, if, right. you've got some of a lot of people have been furloughed, laid off, lost their job, lost their company. Uh, more people have gotten sick or their relatives got sick. And some of those people even died, right, with COVID. Um, so there's a lot of negative stuff out there. And you're going to succumb to it, be a victim of it, or you're going to figure out a way to turn and dodge and weave, right? And I really think that feeding your mind and mindset, and when you find, especially a family member or friend that's in that, you got to call them on their bullshit and help them get out of it. Yeah. And giving good books like this are a way to get people focused on where they are winning, where they, where they, they, uh, what they are lucky to have and what they're mm-hmm. grateful for. So, you know, for example, um, there's a lot of people that are sick, but there's, there's a lot of people that actually 
have already been given the death sentence of a disease. Like, yeah. like they are for sure going to die mm -hmm. versus the person that's sick that uh, there's a percentage chance, but more than likely you're going to be just fine in about three days, okay, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So what's funny is I've got a core student of mine, um, gave him some props, his name is Robbie. He got uh, sick with COVID last week actually. And um, he told me that all he told himself over and over and over and over and over again is I'm going to beat this. It's going to be okay. I'm going to beat this. I feel good. I'm going to beat this. I feel healthy. And he was knocked solid. Like he was knocked down. Yeah. And um, for sure he wasn't himself three days, four days later. Um, but he was on, a, on his feet and making yeah. calls and talking to people and encouraging people and giving people the information about this, how I feel, which was like crap. Yeah. But I'm going to beat this. It's going to be okay. I'm going to be okay. And I know a lot of people that would have taken off two, three two weeks, weeks of work <laughs> because, oh man, I, I my, got the my, Rona. I got the Rona. My, my, my toe feels stubbed. You know, I need to go get the doctor for the third time because my toe is stubbed. Yeah. And it's just that crazy victim mentality of Absolutely. woe is me instead of like, do, yeah. that's your, that's the deck you've been given. Play How your best make, hand. Play, play your the best hand. best hand you possibly can. Yep. The best. Yes. Uh, and as far as mindset, especially with coronavirus and everything, you know, and having a type one diabetic in the house, you know, it's scary. It was a little scary, you know, but yeah. I didn't let fear guide us. I simply said, it's not a freaking option. Yep. There is no coronavirus coming in this house. That's right. It's not coming in. You're not getting any energy from us. It's not coming in. It's not coming in. It's not coming okay, in. Okay, hippie. That, I know. That's coming I from know my, right there. <laughs> my hippie shines through in a lot of mindset stuff. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that, though. I'd Can rather I, have that than the woe is me. Holy absolutely. Crap. Don't give it any energy. It's not worth it. You know, what's that movie? It's called As Good As It Gets with... Uh, as, it's called As Good As It Gets with Jack, Jack Nicholson. Nicholson. Yep. And he's the opposite. a long time. Right? He's just like the world sucks. Every aspect so of the sad. world sucks. <laughs> it's a great movie, by the way. Like, it ends really well. <laughs> I need to well. watch that. It popped up on my feed yeah, today. Hey, we're kind of running out of time on this one. So tell you what, why don't you visit us next week and we'll do a round two, part two of uh, most impactful books. Until Love next time. It. Absolutely. Thanks so much and join us again on Sigmund Sense. Cheers. Make sure you like, share, and subscribe. <laughs> tell your friends. <laughs>